Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Jazz Mostert, and you're listening it to... Is, look, it's Inside great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulk, so... Um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead, you could say. It's just, it's, they're just, there's <laughs> good racing and I enjoy it. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. This week on Inside Supercars, we continue our look at 2016 and into 2017. We continue our chat with Ryan Storey. We also hear from Adrian Burgess about how Walkinshaw performance summed up their year and how they're looking forward as well. We'll also get some thoughts about the review being undertaken in the operating procedures of supercars and also some thoughts on the application of driving standards. I guess hot on the heels of Jason Barguana being shown the door as the driving standards observer on Inside Supercars this week. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bolt Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Kelvin O'Reilly is currently undertaking a review into the supercar operations manual. I caught up with James Warburton, Matt Braid and also Roland Dane and got on this 2017 review. Talking about the product, uh, you've engaged Kelvin O'Reilly to look at the rule book and to just tweak the operations manual, I think, or review the operations manual and it's, what, nine years since that was last done. How important is getting that uh, into 2016's beak and to cover off all the things that it's patched that have been patched on it over the years? Oh, look, you know, I think it's crucially important. We've got one of the best rule books uh, anywhere in the world. But, you know, it's been, as competition changes, things get added and added and added. And, I mean, it's an amazing sport. I mean, you know, things like the start procedure at Adelaide, at the, you know, at the beginning of this year, I mean, you know, who would have thought that needed to be clarified? But so when things get bolted on and changed and everything else. So it's a massive piece of work. It's obviously for the 2018 season. I mean, that's how big the, that's how big the job is. And, uh, you know, so these are the types of things now with the business, uh, you know, going well, the sustainability of the teams, uh, you know, know, where it needs to be. And, you know, I mean, look at the NRL at the moment. I mean, if you... Every, any sport, you know, the hallmark is about the competitors and how strong they are. So if you look at what's going on there. So, yeah, good good things for us to be putting in shape. The, the rewriting of the rule book is really a, um, is something that happened before, about 10 years ago. And it's, uh, it, it's not with the, with the aim of, of changing anything, really. It's just a question of over a period of time you get rules about rules and it just becomes inefficient. Um, and wording can become clumsy, uh, etc., uh, and um, Kelvin O'Reilly, who's absolutely the right person to do this, has, uh, um, has embarked on a, uh, on a rewrite um, of the rules to try and make sure that we, we, we've got clearer, better rules without really changing them, just cleaning, cleaning up the, the rule book where you've got 
rules about rules um, or deciding if a rule is no longer relevant, for instance, because the technical nature of the cars has changed or the, the racing's changed, things have moved on. Uh, there are rules in there which, we, to be honest, we don't need. So the smaller the rule book, the better. Um, Smokey Unix said that to me once too. And uh, Sorry? Smokey Unix said to yeah. me here that but small uh, rule book's much better. Yeah, but by the same token, you want them to be clear and precise, and so uh, and that's going on. It's not a... To me, it's not a contentious thing at all. It's, uh, it's just an exercise that um, uh, yeah, probably needs to happen every um, eight, ten years. Uh, so Kelvin, Kelvin's involved. Obviously, there's others involved too. But the, the project as such is really just streamlining the rulebook. You know, I think with the current, feel like current rulebook has been added to, started, added to, added on, extensions done to it. You know, and I think it's, it's become probably, uh, and again, we look at continuous improvement, it's probably become a little bit unwieldy. So how do we make it more efficient, more understandable, more, more efficient the way it operates and can be understood by everybody in the sport? And that's, that's what that, the aim of that project. After the break on Inside Supercars, we look at driving standards. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Driving standards have come into question a lot over 2016. Roland Dane, Stephen Chopping give us their opinion on how the rulebook is being applied and where some clarity could be provided. To me, the rules are perfectly clear. What's not clear is how they're enforced, and there needs to be consistency about the enforcement. Um, and that's really what it's down to. And I don't think that's different from, to be honest, other categories around the, around the world. Um, there needs to be consistency in the approach and the way they're applied. Uh, and if there's consistency, everyone knows where they stand. So whether you agree with the rule, don't agree or whatever, becomes immaterial, you know what it is, and then you, you um, can operate within it. So... The issues come up only when the rules are inconsistently applied uh, and we need to do a better job as a sport of the consistent application of the rules that exist. An observation that I've made is it seems to be if your car has an in-car camera on it when a certain things happen you're more likely to be penalised than if the same thing happened and the in-car camera wasn't on it. Well, Am I, is that interpretation incorrect? No, that's, that's that's been the case to be honest for years, and uh, we've got, yeah, we've fallen foul of that. I always tell drivers and co-drivers in particular in our team. <coughs> remember, you've probably got um, hundreds of thousands of eyeballs on what you're doing. There'll be plenty of other cars that got no eyeballs on them. Um, case in mind is what went on at, at Sandown. Uh, to be honest, uh, with PD. Um, taking his belt off two seconds too early or one second whatever it was um, uh, Tim Slade um, both those incidents yes um, 
they were in different ways. Uh, they were they were wrong in terms of uh, outside the rules. But I can promise you, out of all the pit stops that took place that day, and there, you know there were at least um, there were at least 26 driver changes somewhere along the way. Um, then there will have been other infractions that weren't caught because they weren't on camera, and uh, and that is. To be honest, that's unfair. Uh, so it doesn't excuse us uh, from making a mistake, uh, but uh, it's not correct the way that those rules are enforced um, when it's not clearly enforced to the same level across across everyone. You can only report and adjudicate on what you see. Is there a situation where... Uh, for example, if a car has in-car camera footage and another car doesn't, you might see something in the in-car camera which you might not see in the other car. Therefore, you have to act on that what you've seen on the camera, whereas the other cars that don't have that, don't give you that ability to see them, can't have the rule imposed the same way. Uh, it's a bit like um, you drive past a speed camera and you get caught. You might have been doing quicker speed somewhere else, nobody saw it, or the people that get that drive past the speed camera while it was processing your photo don't get their picture taken, even though they were doing exactly the same thing. I once used to have a T-shirt years ago that said, nothing's illegal till you're caught, and and it's a bit like that. You can only deal with those things that are either reported to us, supported by the evidence. Everybody's presumed to be innocent of any breaches, uh, and it's only when there's evidence against someone that there can be any finding that there's been a breach of the rules. Is it, is it unfair that you don't have the same consistency of information across all 25 cars in the field then? Oh, it'd be absolutely wonderful if for V8 supercars we had um, an in-car camera for every car, we had uh, full recording of um, all uh, transmission to and from the car, we had 28 channels of data and we had about 15 other channels of information the way that I have when I do Formula One uh, and an operator that can run any one or all of those things together synchronised to ten thousandths of a second and do it on about two minutes notice but um, there's a limit to what the the sport can afford to what the uh, uh, the impost there should be for those enforcement things it was a big step forward when we had in-car cameras I remember when they started in um, 2004 and uh, it was a what they had then was a bit like a box brownie compared with the movie camera um, the uh, technology now is so much better um, in not too many years uh, and it just makes it so much easier but um, you can't have everything all the time Join in the conversation post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page Hi I'm Nick Perkett. you are listening to Inside Supercars Each week join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world Still a bit in shock uh... <laughs> Thanks, thanks everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. 
Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inside Supercars. To Walkinshaw Performance and Adrian Burgess, where his team is looking at some major changes in the off-season. Well, Adrian Burgess, the end of 2016 and the end of the era with uh, Holden Racing Team moving on. How do you look to the positives of 2017? Oh, look, I mean, uh, it's, been a, it's been a tough year. Definitely, uh, we went missing in the middle of the year. Too many races, we weren't competitive enough, but, uh, you know, I think we came into the year obviously wanting to win races and challenge for the Drivers' Championship, but equally we uh, we knew the competition we were up against, and I, I said to myself, I'd, you know, we need to finish second So in the team, so I'm happy with that we've at least achieved that, but uh, it was good to finish off the year with a competitive car, GT having two podiums and pole today was uh, was was great for him great way fitting way for him to leave the team after such a uh, you know great uh, amount of time and effort invested on his behalf so uh, we thank him for that and we thank all the supporters for their support for uh, a very long period of time you know 26 years is a long time to be naming rights as HRTs but uh, you know that's it 2016's over 2017 starts tomorrow morning sort of thing so we're excited about the future and we're looking forward to you know, starting a clean piece of paper and see what the next chapter uh, unfolds for us. With Scott joining the team, when do you actually get a hold of your driver? Is uh, Penske, GJR team, Penske a team that's flexible and allow you to get some stuff done before the new year? Oh, look, I think uh, the most of the work being done at the moment is being done in the team. We don't, you know, we don't. There isn't much Scotty can help us with at this point. You know, we'll let, we'll let him have a rest and we'll carry on doing what we're doing and we'll we'll pick up, you know, sort of January one. And uh, I'm sure, you know, he, he's going to move down to Melbourne, so he'll be an integral part of the team going forwards. And we're looking forward to working with him. But equally, you know, it's sad to see GT go. So we're uh, wish, wish wish him well for his future, whatever that holds. But uh, yeah, next year's a different year. So uh, head down, ass up. Commercially, does this allow the team to make a big reset on how it might stra- uh, how it might uh, strategically work its business? Yeah, I mean it, it opens up some opportunities that haven't been there for us in the past. So, uh, but look, you know, we're still 2016. We want to be respectful to Holden GM and everything that they've uh, provided for us and helped us with as a team over that period of time. But you know, next year will be different. We'll operate slightly differently uh, commercially but um, you know, at the end of the day we're still the job is still to go motor racing and try and win races so clearly that's what we want to do we're here for the long haul you know, the, boat, the drivers have both signed up for three years we've got some sponsorship contracts that reflect that already you know, we, so we've got, we got we're, we've got a lot of current partners renewed and we'll announce all those things in due course but um, yeah we're excited to what, what the future might hold for us mm. certainly it's looking like it might become a bit of an oil battle and Wilkinshaw has had a, a long relationship with uh, the Mobile One brand, so uh, we're interested to see how that battle might play out in the future. Yeah, let's see. Hey, I mean, Mobile are a fantastic partner of ours, so that they're they're already renewed anyway. But um, yeah, we'll see how how heavily involved they are. But we've got great support. We've had great support for a very long period of time from a lot of people, and uh, we're excited to be going forward into the new era with those with those guys as well. Adrian, have a great Christmas, and look forward to catching up with you in the new year. And you, thanks, mate. After the break on Inside Supercars, we hear part two of our interview with Ryan Story from DJR Team Penske. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to have, um, take the win off him. So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. For Ryan's story, how are you enjoying this chapter? Because you came in, you basically uh, committed a, a lot of energy, funds, and uh, and experience to a business that was in trouble. You then were able to work to get one of the most successful motor races in the world to come and be part of that team and now you're in the implementation stage. How's Ryan's story enjoying life in this role? I love, I love the job that I have. I, I really enjoy what I do, and, and I'm very aware of the unique opportunity that I have. I'm proud of the way that we've pieced it together. However, we're, we are at a, an important juncture whereby we have to show a return and there's only so long that we can harken back to how we started and to where DJR was and I take an enormous sense of pride in helping the Johnson family get the team to to where we were knowing what we could have achieved and the sustainable level in which we could have operated without Roger coming on board I take an enormous sense of satisfaction in, get, in 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 helping get Roger Penske into this series, knowing what that means and what that brings. But in terms of DJR Team Penske, the need to deliver on the promise is critical, and uh, and success in this industry is binary. If you don't win, you lose. And, uh, and we need to uh, we need to keep working hard to turn turn our plans and, and convert our plans into into results. And I think that some of the directions that we're taking in terms of personnel and resource, and certainly our broader direction, is 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 correct. And and time will prove that out. And and if we're successful, it will be because those plans have have, have worked in the right way. And if it continues to if it continues to take time to develop and we show promise, we can be satisfied, albeit frustrated with that. But uh, but we have to deliver. And and whilst again I'm acutely aware and, and 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 incredibly humbled by the opportunity that I have, I also know how critically important it is to deliver. And uh, and that's that's absolutely what my focus is. How can you maintain? what must be a horrendously pressured situation and I imagine you must be working I imagine your day is at least 18 hours at least <laughs> not 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 necessarily every day but but uh, but yeah it's it's a it's a seven day a week job for sure you have to live it and breathe it but it's no different to to most people up and down pit lane and certainly people in uh, other team owners and people with the responsibilities that I have. Um, there are a lot of incredibly passionate, committed, and hard-working people in pit lane, and very smart people in pit lane. And uh, and it's 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 interesting to reflect with some of these guys about their 
relative experiences and 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 I suppose my experience in supercars is uh, is somewhat shorter compared to so many of these people and, and certainly when you compare the success that they've had um, I think the the best days uh, the best days for us are still ahead of us but uh, but yeah it's it it takes true and total commitment and again it's it's no different it's no different to anything else really uh, success success that comes easily is, is is not anywhere near as rewarding as 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 success that you have to fight for and uh, again opportunities like the one that we have with the support and backing of Roger and drivers like Scotty McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard and again some of the people that we we we're, we're putting together it's a, it's 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 pretty exciting and uh, and the real rewards for the effort they're still to come. Do you have a timeline on your involvement? <laughs> Look, I think that when we ventured into this, we were always aware of where we were. I think we've had some pretty massive challenges along the way. I think realistically, we, we were certainly hoping to have had a few more trophies in the bank by this point in time. But again, we've had we've had podiums this year, and we've we've shown glimpses of speed um, and. I think we've asserted ourselves when we show the consistency of being in that best of the rest pack. Um, the jobs, the job can never be over in this in this in this game. Uh, if you drop your eye off the ball, um, if you start thinking, if you start thinking, and if your if your commitment wavers, um, you're not getting the job done. It really is as simple as that. And uh, and with where we are and, and our appetite for success, this is this is an all-encompassing, an all-encompassing thing, and uh, and that is precisely how I treat it. Mm. Kelvin O'Reilly's reviewing the uh, the operations manual. Last one. Yeah, this is the last question. Kelvin O'Reilly's uh, reviewing the operations manual. What are you hopeful when you get the twenty? What is it? Eighteen operations manual that you're going to observe in the changes in that document i think the operations manual it's it's whenever racing people are smart smart canny rat cunning operators for for the most part and it's not what's written as opposed to what's not written and kelvin o'reilly is obviously an extraordinarily experienced uh, individual uh, got tremendous experience in in motorsport administration and and knows the game in and out uh, from his various various roles over the years. Um, certainly, uh, running Tiga for all those years is uh, is probably a headline, but there's obviously far broader experience beyond that. So I think he's the right person to review in that context. I think if you've got a group of lawyers looking at it, you're only going to further complicate things. You need someone who has experience on both sides of the fence and comes from that racing background to really critically assess that and get that right but uh, the operations manual that we have now uh, is a result of uh, effectively a pretty simple set of rules that's been added to adjusted but it's never been looked at holistically so uh, I think it's it's a very good thing it will present a unique challenge in that as I mentioned it will then come back to seeing who's the who's the smartest of the bunch in, in figuring out what's not written down as opposed to what is. Mm. Dr. Ryan Story, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Have a great Christmas, and I don't think 
it's going to be uh, as relaxing as perhaps some of us will be enjoying. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. No, it's, uh, there'll, be, there'll be a bit of time off between Christmas and New Year, but uh, we'll certainly recharge our batteries at TJRT and Penske, and we're really excited about what 2017 brings. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. I hope you've enjoyed the last two weeks of special editions, and we've got plenty more coming up in the lead-up to Clipsal in 2017. Have a great break, and we'll see you next time round. As the checker flag waves over this edition of the Inside Supercars, keep smiling, and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.